millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals including gold involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. And you, uh, the, the, the Dominion guy originally started uh, out sitting in a conference room that was accessible on the main hallway. And so some of our supporters recognized, hey, who is this guy? And started taking his picture. So then he disappeared and went into this back corner office. So it was very interesting to watch everybody go back and have this huddle of five or six people back in this back corner office and come out of there. And you could see people back there, their hands flinging. You could see people screaming. So they clearly were not happy with what was going on. Um, there was All right, my friends, good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you guys are having a lovely day. This weekend, I have three special interviews for you, all of them updates on the El Paso County, Colorado audit and the ongoing court case that the candidates there have been attempting to use to get truly free and fair elections instituted in their county. Election security is straight out the window, and you're not going to believe the stuff that the people working for the county and the Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, have been attempting to do to ensure that these patriots don't end up in elected office. It's absolutely disgusting. We have a three-parter for you. And first of all here, I'm going to be bringing you the latest with Peter Lupia, who was the candidate for the El Paso County Clerk and Recorder. Peter joined me this morning, and we may have an update as to the status of their case a little bit later today, which would mean that it would be included in one of the other two segments I have coming up this weekend. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we'll be right back after this. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. Joining me once again is Peter Lupia from El Paso County, Colorado. Peter, you were running for the El Paso, Colorado County Clerk and Recorder, and we have spoken on a number of occasions about the efforts to solidify some type of a recount uh, and some accountability for the way elections are handled there in Colorado. So I want to thank you for joining me once again. Yeah, absolutely, Zach. Thanks for having me. Well, All right. So, so let's let's do like a speed run up until where we are today, because re- this week you guys filed uh, what, in my opinion, is a very important case uh, to uh, to set some major precedent there in Colorado. But when we first met, you guys were asking for the recount on the primary results based upon some strange algorithmic anomalies. <laughs> Tell, let, let's go back to the beginning. How'd this happen? Yeah. So um, going back to the primary, so our primary election 
was June the 28th. Um, so a little over two months ago now. Uh, based on the results of what we saw come out of that and what the clerk and recorder here certified, then hence the, the Secretary of State, um, it showed some very unusual um, what statistic statisticians and professionals who look at this kind of stuff have told us is nearly statistically impossible mm-hmm. um, results to that election. So uh, not unlike a lot of the country experience, a lot of people are like, what the heck is going on here? Seems um, to be the order of the day everywhere, right? all over right? America. Strange it's, happenings. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so um, here in El Paso County, we had a group of candidates. Um, we were, for lack of a better term, we were the top line candidates. We had all gone through assembly. We had all um, gone through assembly with very high percentages of the vote, 65, 70, uh, in my case, 100% of the vote. Um, and and so we were all very, very well supported here in the community. Um, so we go through the campaign season where we were then called the top line candidates or the top line uh, people to vote for. Uh, just because if you go through assembly, you're on the top line. If you petition, you go to the bottom. Right. Um, and so all the petitioners were, everything was indicating that we were, we were doing very well. We were, we were strong in our campaigns, et cetera. So we get to election day and lo and behold, every single one of us lose by within one percentage point, um, a 65 to 35 margin of of uh, loss, mm-hmm. um, literally across the board. Not a single one of us did anything stronger than that. So that, of course, raised some red flags right away. Um, and we we had some expectation that that was going to be the case. Uh, unfortunately, from watching what our county clerk and recorder does here, knowing that our former Secretary of State Wayne Williams is super tight with Jenna Griswold. As a matter of fact, they just did some commercials together mm-hmm. talking about don't believe the misinformation. Don't believe the misinformation. Our votes are secure. Um, and Wayne is the one who actually brought the machines to Colorado. Um, so has a vested interest in making sure we all love them. But long story short, um, we just knew that things were not right. So uh, we had 28 days to challenge the election, uh, which we did request a recount, which we did. Um, we got bill uh, from the county uh, for $21,000, just shy of $21,000, charging us each uh, to do this recount. There were, there were uh, seven candidates that we all we went forward uh, trying to pursue the recount. Uh, only three of us could actually raise enough funds within 24 hours to uh, meet that that bill uh, for 21000 So we've got three of us that um, have full standing, for lack of a better term, because we paid for the recount. Um, we've got three more of our compatriots who uh, raised a ton of money, but it wasn't enough to get across that, that $21,000 threshold. Um, and interestingly, a big part of that $21,000, $10,000 of that $21,000 was for ven- vendor services and support, which is to have a Dominion person on site sitting there in case they needed to fix the algorithm while we were going along or whatever the case may be. <laughs> and, and that wasn't that wasn't multiple Dominion employees, right? I mean, it was the same Dominion employee getting paid that same $10,000 for each uh, uh, bill that they handed out. Right, exactly. So had, had all six of us made it across the line with money, this guy would have gotten paid $60,000 to sit there for uh, five days. Uh, yeah, $1,500 an hour. That's not a bad gig. Not at all. Get it. Um, 
so anyway, so we filed we filed suit right away uh, against statute one dash ten dash one thirteen, which actually says, hey, if there's something weird about what's going on with the elections, uh, just in keeping it in simple terms, you have the right to to question that. And so we immediately questioned the amount of the bills uh, being so high. Uh, why was there a ten thousand dollar vendor charge on there? Interestingly, um, we have since found out that uh, through a CORA request that the uh, contract between the Dominion and El Paso County was for that person for $8,000 total. And so they were charging us $10,000 a piece. So So where'd um, that extra money go? Yeah, well, (laughs) we still haven't, we still haven't been able to get our, our uh, accounting back. So within three days of the completion of our process, we were supposed to get an accounting from the county, um, letting us know exactly how our money was spent, and then get either a refund of what wasn't spent, or get a bill if there was additional cost. To date, uh, everything wrapped up on what was it August the 3rd, I think it was. And so to date, a month later, we still don't have that accounting from back from the El Paso County Clerk and Recorder's Office. Um, so we're still waiting for that to come. So I can't answer that question because we don't know where the rest of that money went or what they're trying to do with it. So uh, so we back to we filed our request for recount. Some of us made it. Some of us didn't. Um, but all of us have been able to, to go through with the lawsuit. So we filed the 113 immediately. Um, we went through what was all I can say is a tragic logic and accuracy test. Um, we had 53% of the ballots used. There were 4,216 ballots used in a test deck, which is a computer-generated deck um, that was used before the primary to, quote-unquote, test the machines and make sure everything was working properly. Um, when we got to the recount, the Secretary of State sent out a memo that said they must use the same test deck. They must use the same everything to test the machines. And so when we got to the recount, um, 2,266 of those uh, test ballots were ending up going to adjudication. And it, for those that don't know, adjudication means that a human has to put eyes on it. It can't, it won't, the machine can't give 100% accurate read so they have to go to adjudication so 53 percent of the ballots are then going to the adjudication process because the machines can't read them properly did did they ever give you an explanation as to why using the same i guess you know machine and the same deck uh in the same circumstances why only during the recount would it produce such an outrageous hand adjudication rate uh (laughs) They never could give us a good explanation for that. Okay. So when they use this, when they use the test deck, these 4,216 before the primary, um, they were averaging six and not 6%, six ballots per, per run going to adjudication. So out of 4,216, six were going to adjudication when they tested the before the primary. Um, then the only the only thing they tried to, to tell us was, well, when it came to the recount, we were being extra cautious with the machines. So we added in um, undervotes and overvotes, which is means either somebody didn't vote in a particular race or they voted for both candidates in a particular race. So that they claim somehow then threw this into what was just an absolute train wreck. So it's, it's interesting that they would suddenly care about that. You know, I mean, if they weren't looking for that in the primary race, 
you know, why would it be relevant then during the recount? Um, you know, I mean, it just exactly it, it just the rationale doesn't line up for me. No. And, and, you know, the the other part that we tried to question and never got any answer on, never got any direction on was, OK, you use this test deck, 4,216 ballots uh, to test the machines based on, I'm going to say, 15 races that were on the ballot during the primary. When we went to do the recount, we're only recounting four races. So mm-hmm. three here in El Paso County, mine for clerk and recorder, Rand Weber for coroner. Uh, Linda Zamora Wilson for Senate District 9, um, and then Tina Peters for Secretary of State. So we're only testing four, or we're only going to recount four. So why do we need to run the same ballots through and check the 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 results? Because this is supposed to be the 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 explanation they gave us was this test deck was created to uh, have every single possibility for every single race, any vote combination. So hence why it's 4,216, because it supposedly accounts for everything with every race. Well, if we're only going to be counting for races, why do we need to account for things that are happening in the other, you know, 11 races, so right. to speak. And so we never got any clarity on any of that. And long story short, um, the, it, it was completely unexpected. They, they, told us in the room they were expecting to have about 18 to 20 ballots going to adjudication when they expanded the parameters. And here we are with 53% of the ballots. Um, then they went on to claim it, it didn't fail the test. It, it worked exactly. It was designed and et cetera, et cetera. So it, it was just a train wreck. So what was supposed to take um, three quarters of a day, we'll say six to maybe eight hours, even a whole day, um, ended up taking two full days um, there was a small portion of that process um, where we as the candidates who were, had requested the, the hand count and the recount um, got to fill out by hand 10 ballots each, but they were test ballots. They weren't real, real ballots. They were, again, just kind of added to this test deck. Um, so the process then was we filled them out by hand, and then they had two different teams of counting judges who counted them, and eventually uh, they came to the same conclusion. So they counted them by hand. Oh, we got this, we got this. Yes, we agreed. Then they took those 40 ballots and ran them through the machines to correlate with the machines, and the machine came out with a different count than what the two sets of judges had had come out with. How uh, different? How different? So it was just one vote. In okay. one, it was one vote in one race, but we had two teams that got the exact same thing, counting them by hand. And then here we go to the machines and the machine doesn't match. And so there's a, there's a line in uh, one part of one of the statutes that says, if there's an irreconcilable difference between the machines and the hand count, um, if it is deemed to be human error, then it's deemed to be okay. And you can move on. If it's deemed to be machine error, then you can't move on. Well, lo and behold, the Secretary of State had a representative in the room. The clerk and recorder had his people there, and they decide, well, this one vote difference, we're going to we're going to chalk that up to human to human error. So somehow, six different people between these two teams had looked at these ballots, counted them, come up with the exact same thing, but the machine came up wrong and uh oh, that's human error. Clearly it's human error. Machines uh, always right. <laughs> yes, the machine is always right. And so 
so based on that, they considered that to be the hand count portion of certifying the machines. And so, um, so that all happened on a Friday and a Saturday. Um, and then Sunday morning, we immediately started the, the rescan of the ballot. So what they were calling the recount was basically just bringing in all of the ballots from the primary, running them through the exact same machines that were used in the exact same order. Interestingly, we asked the question, why do the ballots have to run in the exact same order through the exact same machines? Because there shouldn't be any, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Yeah. You should be able to take a batch of 100 ballots, run it through any, and, and in this case, El Paso County uses seven different uh, devices. Uh, and so you should be able to take those 100 ballots and run them through any of the seven machines and come up with the exact same situation uh, mm-hmm. and the count. No, 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 no. The Secretary of State sat us down and you guys don't understand and you know it has to run through the exact same way because if it doesn't run through the exact same machine in the exact same order then we don't get a a comparable uh, cvr when it's all said and done the cast vote record isn't the same so if we run them through the exact same machines in the exact same order even using the exact same people uh they called in the exact same judges to sit at the exact same machines to run through their exact same ballots um, if we don't do all of this, then it's impossible for us to get a matching CVR at the end. And we're like, well, isn't the point to let the whole system run through and find out what the actual result is? Mm-hmm. So if it's going to be different than the other time, it can be different. No, 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 no. It has to be the exact same because otherwise it's just way too hard to go through and figure out what's happening. So um let me let me just say this i mean (laughs) isn't that essentially just going to spit all that information out into a spreadsheet or a database i mean do they not have the ability to write uh, a report that's sophisticated enough that they could filter or determine like you know a a different way to arrange the data wait wait we would have loved to have been able to ask those questions um part of the challenge was um, the Secretary of State's uh, <clears throat> representative, uh, who happened to be one of their attorneys, when he came down and joined us. So after this whole logic and accuracy test started to blow up on Friday, when we first got started, lo and behold, the Secretary of State's representative showed up on Friday. And so on uh, Saturday afternoon, as everything was going along, and then Sunday morning comes and we start the rescan recount, um, they, put, they put us candidates under a gag order because we filed our first lawsuit and it was served on Saturday morning. Uh, we, we filed it on Friday and it was served on Saturday morning to the clerk and recorder's office. So as soon as we had any kind of a legal issue started uh, with the clerk and recorder and also the secretary of state, because we challenged both uh, because some of our candidates uh, who are running for house uh, and Senate uh, legislative seats here in Colorado, those technically fell under the secretary of state's office for, um, oversight versus the clerk and recorder. Okay. Even though the count was taking place in El Paso County, the recount was being done in El Paso County. It was technically under the purview of the Secretary of State. Um, and so, but they came down and put us under an immediate gag order. They were like, you cannot ask any more questions. We will not give you any more information. So you can walk around with your notepads and take as many notes as you want. Any information that you happen to hear or glean, that's whatever. 
but you can no longer ask any staff or employees or judges or anybody any questions. No, not even for clarification. So pay no attention to to the man behind the curtain. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And so he said, you can talk to me or you can talk to the director of elections, uh, Angie Leith. Those are the two people you can talk to. Uh, Other than that, no, stop. Um, so as the recount gets started then on Sunday, we, we realize that Statute 1023A specifically says in order to um, do any recount, you must take the original voter cast paper ballots and hand count them um, against one of the machines, at least one of the machines. In our case, they should have done multiple machines, but at a minimum, at least one of the machines. You pick machines at random, you take the votes that were run through there and you do a hand count and then you compare it to the machine count. Well, interestingly, the secretary of state sent out a memo um, and it, there was a memo that was sent from dominion to all of the clerk and recorders. There was a memo and actually two memos sent from the secretary of state's office to the clerk and recorders that inserted the word must count the test, must hand count test ballots. So the statute does not use the word test ballots. It uses um, voter cast ballots. So it refers to the actual ballots. But in these instructions that were sent to the uh, clerk and recorders on how to conduct this recount, the Secretary of State inserted the word test into all of those and took out the voter cast. Um, So they considered those 40 ballots that we as the candidates created to, quote unquote, be the, the, the hand count that was required before just moving forward to the machines. Um, and then they used that, like I said, they used that um, human error for the, for the one vote that was off um, to, to justify just blasting forward with the machines. Uh, so excuse it, me. It's okay. It, it, you know, it just, it seems, you know, and I'm sure it's by design, <laughs> but I mean, this is like apples and oranges, you know, I mean, like if you let's say you have a car that you have a specific issue that you're experiencing, uh, you're going to take it to the mechanic. They're going to try to duplicate that issue and then they're going to work on that car. You're not going to take your wife's car into the mechanic and have them attempt to duplicate the same issue on a different vehicle and then do diagnostics and, and, and mechanical work on that car. It, it's just completely defying logic here with the processes they have. Yeah, and then, and then tell you the reason your car doesn't work is because it's human error. That's so, right. That's uh, right. There's something wrong with you. There's something, something wrong, wrong with, with you. you. We can't find anything wrong with the car. There's something wrong with you. Uh, oh yeah. God! It it would be hilarious if it wasn't so tragic, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I have tears in my eyes right now from it, both pain and oh. hilarity. But uh, at least we're so, exposing it, Peter. At exactly, least it's out there. Exactly. Now. Exactly. And so so as the as the recount that they're, quote unquote, giving us, which is actually just rescanning the ballots as they're going through this rescan um, Sunday, uh, we immediately realized, hey, they skipped the whole 1023A portion of this event. Um, so now we filed a uh, on Monday morning, we filed a challenge, which is. Uh, let's see. Statute 110.5109, which says any candidate who realizes that they have a challenge with a an election count as it's going on can do can file a challenge and the the challenge should immediately cease um, any counting 
and it should be um, shut down by the clerk and recorder and the canvassing board, and then the Secretary of State should be the one who takes over. So we immediately fi filed that on Monday morning. Um, that got served on uh, Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning, but they drove on with the recount. And so they just ignored that basically as if, wow. it, if, it's, as if it didn't happen. Um, so hence we went through the recount got finished up on um, Wednesday, late Wednesday afternoon. I think that was the second or third of August. Um, and so they then had a meeting on uh, Wednesday afternoon. We, I, actually we finished uh Late lunch, we took a lunch break, came back, the canvassing board sat down. Um, again, as it happened with the original primary, the Republican canvassing judge did not certify the results of the recount, rescan. Um, Chuck Brorman, who's the clerk and recorder, who's a member of the canvassing board, he um, signed off on it and certified it, as did the Democrat judge. Hmm. Um, so then everything was certified, done, okay, we're, we're done. Thank you very much, your recount's over. And we were let, off to the races as far as they were concerned. Let me ask you this. Were the judges who certified the results, were they aware of these laws and statutes that are in place in Colorado? I mean, did you guys have the opportunity to present any of these challenges to them before they made this final decision on the uh, efficacy of this audit? Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. 
Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. So the, the Republican judge um, had educated herself very well and okay. had been asking asking people questions outside of the time that that they were in the room uh at night and morning and before we went in and etc cetera, etc cetera. so that's why she chose not to certify yeah. and then she got to write a, a minority report back during the original election and all identified a, a number of the challenges and then again said here's why i'm not going to certify this recount um, we didn't do the ballot count. We didn't do those sorts of things. So still too many unanswered questions. Okay. Um, the Democrat, uh, unfortunately, canvassing judge, she thinks that the machines are the best thing since sliced bread. And she's worked, I don't even know how many elections with this clerk and recorder, which I'm sure is why they continue to have her come in because they've got her convinced. And then, of course, Chuck Broerman wasn't going to wasn't going to question anything that his his team or the instructions he had been given his dominion overlords he's not going to say anything about yeah. that <laughs> it, and it was it was interesting to watch the dynamics through the windows we could never hear anything that they were saying but it was interesting to watch through the windows into the office and you uh the 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 dominion guy originally started uh out sitting in a conference room that was accessible on the main hallway and so some of our supporters recognized hey who is this guy and mm. started taking his picture so then he disappeared and went into this back corner office. So it was very interesting to watch everybody go back and this, have this huddle of five or six people back in this back corner office and come out of there. And you could see people back there, their hands flinging. You could see people screaming. So they clearly were not happy with what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there was one particular instance where Chuck Broerman, the clerk and recorder, was three inches off the nose of the the secretary of state's attorney who was down there observing. And he was just, Chuck was bright red and was just screaming at this guy. I mean, right up in his face. And unfortunately you couldn't, again, you couldn't hear what was going on, but you could see it. And you're like, wow, people are just not happy. And this kept, this kept going on the whole time things were going on. So they were having to, they were having to figure out. And they had told us when we first started, we have no policy. We have no procedures for this. There is no statute for this. There are no rules for this. We've never done multiple recounts. We've never, um, here in El Paso County, we've never had a, a countywide race that's been challenged. So we had caught them off guard. I don't think they expected any of us to come up with the $21,000 to actually force them to do the recount. Uh, in Tina Peters' case, she had to come up with $256,000. Yeah. So. Um, so anyway, so we get to the end. We're like, no, 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 no. We filed all of our cases. Then we started filing, um, rest- uh, not restraining orders, but, uh, 
yeah, I guess TROs, injunctions, yeah, injunctions um, to just say, hey, you know, sh- sh- let's shut this down before it gets too far down the line. We asked the judge to do an extension of the date to certify so that there was still time to have conversation. Um, unfortunately, all of the stuff that we filed in El Paso County has yet to even be heard by a judge. We, hmm. we There's a motion to dismiss that was filed by the clerk and recorder here in El Paso County, um, which is where we started. And um, we're still waiting to get even a conference and or potentially a hearing on the motion to dismiss that was filed down here in El Paso County. So they're clearly just trying to run out the clock on us. Right. Um, and so under the statute, once we filed the 109, that actually uh, forced us to also go up to the Denver District Court. And so the Denver District Court, um, I don't know, took their, took their sweet time with it. Um, eventually, I think it was about the 17th of August, we finally got a conference with the judge, which basically means he says, hey, everybody, let's talk about this. The end of the conference, it lasted about 30 minutes. He had all the attorneys and, and the candidates. It was all done via WebEx, um, which is like Zoom. So yeah. nobody was actually in the courtroom. Um, and at the end of it, he said, okay, I want to hear from both sides. So this was happening on a, a Thursday, I believe it was. And um, he said, I want everybody's briefs turned in by Monday, the 22nd. Um, and then you'll have until that Friday to file your response briefs. And then uh, let's set a hearing for Thursday, uh, September the 1st, and we'll come in. We're going to do a one-day hearing. Um, you know, petitioners, you'll have a half a day to present your case and any witnesses and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Secretary of State's defense team, which is in this case is the attorney general uh, and El Paso County team, you guys will have the second half of the day to cross-examine and do whatever and present your witnesses, et cetera. So we all went forward under that. Um, our team, both both sides did their briefs, initial briefs, their response briefs. And then um, so this past Monday, uh, the judge came back and told us that he was dismissing our case um, and he was going to vacate the hearing, which basically just means cancel the hearing. Um, and the reason for it. So interestingly, Zach, the secretary of state's defense and the El Paso County clerk and recorder's defense has never been about the factual statements. It's never been about, hey, we you skipped this step. They've never refuted anything that we've actually accused them of doing. What they came back with in their argument was, oh, this is jurisdictional challenge and mootness. And so the jurisdictional challenge, they argued, was that because everything was already done, um, it had been done, and the Secretary of State's office had administrated the whole process, that the court didn't actually have any standing now to rule on this. Uh, it's already done. The Secretary of State's already dealt with it. And so you don't have any jurisdiction to deal with this. Um, the second part was uh, mootness, uh, M-O-O-T, moot. Uh, and so the reason for that, their argument was, was because everything was done, again, already, there's no reason to talk about it anymore. Uh, the the original primary was certified and the recount has already been completed and certified. And so it's all moot. There's nothing to discuss here, Judge. What are we what are we even doing talking about this? You don't have the right to be talking or to even be discussing it. And even if you did, it's all moot. And so interestingly, the judge, uh, that was the basis on which he um, 
he dismissed it and vacated the hearing. Now his his opinion back to us was um, he concurred, and this is crazy. He concurred with the uh, attorney general's office that the statute one thirteen, which we had originally filed, um, which should have caused a immediate stop on things, that we had to file the one thirteen not only before the recount started, but we had needed to file it before the actual primary had started, or at the absolute latest, while the primary race was going on. So in essence, the argument was, you need to know that you want to challenge this primary before the primary itself is even done, and you've even decided if you want to do a recount. Because the statute specifically says it allows for the challenging of elections. It doesn't specifically say recount. And so the judge took that and said, well, it doesn't talk about a recount. So your only recourse was to have challenged the primary itself back in in June, on June 28th, during that time period before the, the election was certified. That was your time to challenge. And so... Uh, that defies I mean, logic, Peter. Exactly. I, I mean, there's exactly. I, you know what's what's really interesting is that you know I mean they continually said, oh, you know we've we've never done this before. We have no idea how to do it. Yet when it comes time to thwart any effort to get it done, they know exactly how to deal with it. It's almost yeah. like that was written to ensure that people could never challenge an election. They could never even get a recount. Right. And, and that's and that's really what it has boiled down to. So the judge in this case, um, his name is Alex Myers. Um, he's only been on the bench for two years. He was appointed by Jared Polis. He's a he's a Democrat. We know that. But, you know, the, the junior guy, the young guy, I'm sure goes and talks to one of the senior judges or somebody on the, the state appeals court or even the Supreme Court. Um, and so, you know, he went and talked to somebody who said, oh, yeah, no, 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 don't you're not don't deal with this. And, you know, if the state attorney general is telling you this is what you're going to do, just follow that. So mm-hmm. we have no idea, but it, I'm sure that that's the we, we've kind of by default figured out that he got marching orders from somebody because this clearly is not a moot issue because the challenge here is this is the first time we were able to determine uh, through all of our research uh, I say we, the legal team. Uh, this is the first time that a, a 109 challenge has ever been filed in the state of Colorado ever. It's the first time that a 102-3A challenge has ever been filed in Colorado ever. And so these um, statutes are uh, from the early 2000s, 2005, 2007. So they're 15, almost 20 years old in some cases, um, and they've never been challenged. So there has to be some precedent set because, as we all know, uh, there will be more challenges to elections and there will probably be recall uh, recount calls. So this has to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll just say that while it was disheartening that the judge dismissed and the reasons why he dismissed basically agreeing, I don't have the jurisdiction and it's moot. Um, you should have filed your stuff before the, the primary election even happened or during the primary election. Um, the, the, the real blessing in this whole thing is that by him canceling everything on Monday, it gave us a chance to get everything put together and go to what is the next level uh, by statute. The statute says 
Um, if you want to challenge the ruling of the, of the district court, you have three days to file uh, with the state Supreme Court, the Colorado Supreme Court. So um, if we had not had our hearing until Monday, I mean, until Thursday, um, and we didn't get a ruling back from the judge until, let's say, today, Friday, or maybe even Tuesday, with Monday being a holiday, if they really wanted to drag this out, uh, that would have had us not even able to try to access the Supreme Court until the mid part of next week. So the blessing in this whole operation was we were able to then immediately turn around. We got notification about 1230 on Monday that he was dismissing and vacating. Um, so our legal team had already actually started working on we We were n- not naive enough to think that the judge was going to grant us any relief anyway. So we were already preparing for the Supreme Court option. Um, but we assumed it was going to be after the hearing. So everybody was focused on preparing for the hearing. Um, we had some great expert witnesses that were coming in from around the country. It was going to be fantastic. Nope. So Monday, um, that allowed us to get prepared. And so actually on Wednesday of this week, uh, early Wednesday afternoon, we candidates went with our legal team and we actually filed uh, in the Colorado Supreme Court. And our argument there is pretty straightforward, um, Zach, going back to Logic and accuracy is, hey, court, somebody has to address this issue. You you can't just say, well, we zipped through this process based on our own rules that we made up. And because we got through it before the court agreed to hear the case or take the case, uh, it's moot. And so, you know, hey, state, state Supreme Court, you really need to take a look at this because there has to be some precedent set here. And if the precedent is going to be we do nothing, then that means that the General Assembly and, and our team has done a fantastic job of, of taking things back to, you know, the General Assembly is the will of the people. Mm-hmm. And what what comes out of the General Assembly, you know, 10, 15 years ago when it was uh, under different control, there were different secretaries of state, and different people in, in place regarding elections. What the General Assembly has done um, is the will of the people and and whether you like what it is or not, that's what the law is. And so the secretary of state can't just have carte blanche to change the wording on a statute when they send out the instructions to people. They can't just promulgate rules. Um, it, the statute clearly says you cannot promulgate rules that go against statute that break the law or violate the law or ask anyone else to do that. So the argument's pretty straightforward. Um, and we really have uh, a a lot of confidence that we're going to get um, we're going to get this heard by the Supreme Court. So uh, now there's no actual hearing in the Supreme Court. So we filed on uh, Wednesday afternoon. We're anticipating uh, hopefully by about lunchtime here in Colorado today or early afternoon, we will get a decision back from the Supreme Court on whether or not they're going to review this case or not. Um, if they are, they will basically give 24 hours for the uh, state attorney general and the El Paso County attorneys to respond to our briefing. Uh, They won't get a week like they typically would. Um, And our document that we turned into the uh, Supreme court was 400 pages. So it was a, it was a 31, it was a 31 page brief and then a copy of everything else that's happened all the way back to the beginning of, of this whole process. So um, they have have a lot of interns. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Over the, over the, over the Labor Day weekend, over the four day weekend. Mm. So 
Um, the expectation oh, was they're going to be so mad. <laughs> yeah, ex- oh, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so our, our, our hope and our expectation is that that'll all happen by Tuesday. Um, and then the, the court will, there's no hearing again. So if they decided they want to hear oral arguments, they can ask for that. Uh, but even if that happens, we anticipate all of this being done with the state Supreme court by Wednesday or Thursday of next week at the absolute latest, um, if for some reason they don't, um, review it or they refuse to do it or whatever the case may be, then we actually have the opportunity. We will, we will go, we're already preparing to go to the, uh, SCOTUS to mm-hmm. Supreme court of the United States. Um, we have that ability because everything was denied here, um, to go straight there and ask them to review it. Uh, and so, you know, who knows, we're, we're prayerful that we don't have to go there, that the state Supreme court does what it needs to do addresses this whole issue of the the mootness and addresses the, hey, all of the statutes say elections. If you're asking for a recount, a recount is technically still an election. It falls under that purview. You can't say, well, it's not the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and then, of course, the, the, the deadline for the Secretary of State, statutorily right now, the deadline for the Secretary of State is September the 12th to certify the ballot for the November election so that those can start getting mailed out uh, a couple weeks later. Um, we've asked the court to extend that time period if necessary, and there's precedent for, for doing that. There is precedent here in Colorado in election law for them ex- the, the courts to extend the deadlines to make sure that there's opportunity to get stuff done. Um, and so we've, we've shown the court that we have uh, ample opportunity time-wise if they're willing to rule by the early part of this coming week, mid part of this coming week, there's still time to do the hand recounts and order everything that needs to be done. Um, so that's, that's where we are as of right now. So at the moment where it's kind of the waiting game, we're waiting for the phone to ring from the clerk's office at the Supreme court to say what they're going to do. And our next step is get them whatever information they want and answer any questions they may have or get the documents off and running to the, to the U S Supreme court. Wow, uh, this is quite the story, and you guys really have uh, an, an an excellent opportunity to lay that legal precedent there in Colorado and ensure that future races uh, are able to be trusted and uh, they can go through these rigorous uh, security and check standards. I mean, yep. I, I, I'm I'm surprised that they never considered the fact that perhaps there might be an audit or there might be a recount. Uh, I mean, it's like they just, you know, they're just assuming that everything is going to be peachy keen and that nobody's ever going to be corrupt and uh, there won't be any issues. And, you know, I mean, what stupefies me is that people are just attempting to trust these machines blindly, you know, believing that because it's an algorithm or because it's a, a, a computer or a mechanical device that there simply can't be any room for error. But I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, you can see that in our daily lives. I mean, machines, computers, whatever it might be, they screw up all the time. There are anomalies that happen often. Uh, And so, you know, to try to convince the people of any state that these machines in particular are without fail and they were designed by God himself, apparently, because they're perfect, uh, you know, that just it doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, I hope you guys are successful. Uh, Now, what what can you tell me about the panel of judges uh, on the uh, Colorado Supreme Court? Um, You know, I, I think that if it goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, 
you know, you guys might have an advantage because, uh, uh, you know, it is a, a more conservative, more uh, constitutionally minded court. But wh- what about the, the judges there in Colorado? Yeah, unfortunately here, uh, the panel of judges is overwhelmingly Democrat. Um, and so and I, I believe one of them was actually appointed by Jared Polis during his mm-hmm. his term here. So uh, I think there's one Republican still left on there who was appointed by our last Republican governor. But otherwise, the balance are Democrats. So um, but, you know, uh, we're, we're moving forward under the assumption that they are are charged with you know, looking at the law, looking at things from a perspective. And again, since this is the first time that any of these cases have ever been brought, there has to be some precedent set down because if they don't address it now, it's going to happen again. And it's probably going to happen in November. Exactly. Um, it, and, and all of our attorneys are already talking about, hey, look, even though you guys aren't running, we're gearing up to to go and work with folks that are, are going to challenge us. And um you know, one of the, one of the other blessings in moving forward to the Supreme Court is because our 113 was never actually addressed, which was the, hey, you've overcharged us and et cetera, et cetera. And we, we want to get the fees back or reduced and get our other three candidates on. We still are a coalition of six candidates. So their standing was never, while they're, while the other three, um, Lindsey Moore, David Winnie and Summer Gruber, while they were never officially given standing back uh, because they've been in the lawsuits from the beginning, they also have not lost standing because there's been no ruling one way or another against them. So it's been fantastic to have all six of us be able to move forward every step of the way. It just gives, again, more credibility. Um, we feel like uh, when you're talking, you know, if this were one candidate, it'd be pretty tough. Um, with six of us here in El Paso County, plus Tina Peters at the state level, um, there's just lots of lots of uh, credibility moving forward with, again, it continuing to be this, this large group. And so we're hopeful that this panel that's on the, the Supreme Court here in Colorado will move forward with um, righteousness, uh, regardless of their political affiliation. And, and again, you know, there's all sorts of different things that can happen here. And, you know, this could very well down the road be Democrat candidates having the same issue. Um, I don't... <laughs> That would take a lot of movement by God to change things around here in Colorado, because not only do we have this issue to deal with uh, and everything that's going on with the machines, but we actually have um, ranked choice voting now starting to be built into the mix here. Mm -hmm. So you've got ranked choice voting with mail-in ballots with, you know, Dominion machines. And so Colorado is taking very quickly a a path that uh, is going to be hard to come back from. So we actually are our Colorado Springs City Council. Um, starting with the 2023 elections here, um, which will be in April. So just six months from now, eight months from now, um, those are all going to be done now by ranked choice voting. We've got uh, Larimer County, I believe it is, or Weld County, one of the other large counties here, um, has it on the ballot for November as to whether or not they should switch to ranked choice voting for things there. So, and we just, we all just saw what happened with that, uh, with Sarah Palin up in Alaska, of course. And so, again, just another way to continue to to flip things around and and take things away. So, um, you know, again, we're prayerful. We're hopeful that this panel will move forward with integrity and um, righteousness and do the job that they were put here to do, which is interpret the laws and statutes of Colorado and rule on them appropriately, again, to set precedent. So that was a really long answer to your short question. Sorry. (laughs) It's no no problem. It's no problem. 
Obviously, uh, you know how I feel about this, and uh, we'll be looking to keep the audience updated. I'm actually doing uh, three shows this weekend on the issue there in Colorado. I I did a couple of interviews with your colleagues while I was at the Moment of Truth last weekend, uh, so I'm going to be releasing those right around the same time that I release this. So, if there is an update, perhaps uh, before I've released this, then we can <laughs> then we can include that at the end. Sure. Uh, so thank sure. you very much, Peter, for uh, for coming yeah. in and uh, uh, setting up the audience with a little bit of an update. Sure. And Zach, if I could uh, just ask. So we are still uh, having to fundraise to pay our legal fees. And so if folks would visit us at Colorado Recount dot com, uh, that's it's all one word. Colorado Recount dot com. Um, they can uh, they have all of us candidates are listed there. They can click there, go to individual websites. So if folks have um, not had an opportunity to help us, uh, we would really appreciate that. Um, all of us, everything that we're raising at this point um, is going towards the attorney's fees. Uh, and obviously, as we progress through the, the Supreme Court uh, here in Colorado and then potentially SCOTUS, uh, those fees continue to mount. So anything that folks can do in consideration for support of us, we would really appreciate that as well. Okay, I will include that in the description below, and they should have just seen it on screen as uh, you mentioned it as well. So coloradorecode.com. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you, Peter. And we'll talk to you again yeah. very soon. Yeah, great. Thanks, Zach. We'll see you. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new eBooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. 
Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.